<laughs> Welcome to Okay, I've manifested this moment for a long time. The second I saw her on my TV, I was like, I meant to meet this woman and I meant to talk serious shit in the dark depths of hell because she's been there and back and there again and back. I'm Rose Hannah Burner with fashion designer, TV personality, and author of Chaos Theory, Leah McSweeney. Welcome. Thank you for that intro. That was beautiful. I worked really hard on it. it. And I have been to hell. I Back again and... Back I, down to hell. I feel like you're the kind of girl that I'd meet at a bar and we don't small talk. And I'd be like, what did your psychic say? Oh, and yeah. why is it happening? And actually my psychiatrist <laughs> is my psychic, <laughs> which is bizarre. I'm obsessed with this. I also love that as a New York housewife, you're actually from New York. Yeah. And you really brought some elements to the show. Like you were pushing the downtown vibe. And I was like, thank you. We don't yeah. rich people and successful people are not only in the Upper East oh Side. My God. And I mean, obviously, like I definitely like went on the show like having so much less money than all of them <laughs> but at the same time i feel like downtown is more expensive than uptown like right now i could get a bigger apartment on the upper east side mm -hmm. for less than what i'm paying for my apartment now were you did you become more materialistic being on the real housewives because you have to like become conscious no. of no no i still don't i don't buy myself expensive bags i used to be much more materialistic when i was younger oh i was like buy, i would buy Stupid everything. shit. Yes, like Goyard bags, and uh -huh. Louis Vuitton and everything. I don't do that. I'm on this like fake Prada. I'm wearing a fake Prada necklace right it now. It's great. My Frada, thank you. Because yeah. I lose and break everything. Yeah, so it's like, why buy the real thing? Exactly. I know, but the real thing's not supposed to break. True, but I will lose it. Yeah. Because I'm chaotic. Yeah, Speaking you are of, chaotic. Do you know my nickname's Hurricane Hannah? Shut the fuck up. So when I was reading your book, I was like, oh my God, the chaos. Can you explain chaos theory? Yeah. So the actual chaos theory, like the scientific version of it is like that, you know, within disorder, there's order. I mean, that's like the very short version of it. Mm -hmm. And um, I just applied all of those logics to my life. And I was like, oh, this works. Like, this makes sense. Yeah. I feel like that is life in general though and you talked about trying to control it where are you right now in terms of controlling the chaos that's a good question where is i it? also think there's a spiritual element to for sure chaos theory for sure you know like the actual scientific version because honestly like there's so much god like in science because mm -hmm. there's so many things that like don't really if you you can keep saying but how did that happen and how did that happen like so it's like where did it all happen but um where am i now i'm you know what i had a rough rough January, February, mm -hmm. like really hit a depression that I have not been in in a very long time. I mm -hmm. have not talked about it publicly. Like I'm just opening up about it right now to you because I want to be honest and no one's asked me this question. Um, I really didn't think I was going to make it on the book tour. Like I was like, I wrote a, a book about mental health and I'm really suffering right now. Like, yeah. how am I going to do this? Um, I've pulled out of that, thank God, with a lot of medication and therapy and a hospital stay for a week. Um, and it, it, again, it's always actually a blessing. I try to look at things in a, through that lens because how the fuck else are you supposed to look at it? And mm -hmm. like, you know what? I needed to, I wasn't feeding my soul with nourishing things. Mm -hmm. I was paying attention to negativity. I was paying too much attention to how I looked and not how I felt. Mm -hmm. I was paying attention to bullshit. 
you know, I wasn't in therapy. I wasn't being like that. Spiritual. Oh, you're being wild. I was being wild. <laughs> yeah. I was like, honey, no therapy. <laughs> yeah, um, I know. I want to actually read a quick excerpt from your book. Okay. Well, for people to know the vibe of the book, this is one of my favorite early quotes on page five. You've got to hold on to your sanity like it's a billionaire with a nine inch dick to advocate for yourself, do what needs to be done and never let go. Holy shit. I had to take my own advice. Holy shit. Brene Brown of (laughs) (laughs) of being a hoe. Like that is incredible. Thank you. I'm but I also feel like sane people don't do incredible, creative, beautiful out of the box things. That's true. And also I was talking to my friend like this morning and I was like, what's like, like me and my brother and sister all have like depression issues and stuff. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I think it's just intelligent people. I'm like, oh, that's nice of you to say, you know what I mean? That's really nice of you. I think it's just like, I, you know, ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is bliss. And like sensitive, like very often like sensitive, creative intuitive people like I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything like that just Mm -hmm. whatever because it's not good or and it's not bad do tend to have depression issues or maybe people with depression issues tend to be creative and I mean you know and um sensitive well even bipolar disorder which Ramona told us about (laughs) yeah which yeah Ramona outed me for having (laughs) bipolar too which I still have like issues with that diagnosis because I feel like people like if you look at the um, character, like personality traits or like um, behaviors, it's also people who don't have good coping skills because mm. it's like hypersexuality, shopping, like a, like crazy spending money. Those are also like things that like addicts do once they give up drugs and alcohol. It's also kind of intertwined of just like almost being just like neurodivergent. I know. Wait, this is a whole new thing. Neurodivergent. I know. It's like on TikTok. I it, learned it, about it. Is, I know. I'm like, what? Like, this is a new. I, I don't know what like neurotypical looks like, but me and you are similar in that like I deal with depression. I deal with anxiety, like very, very sensitive, but also very not sensitive in a way. But I feel oh. everything. I feel everyone's emotions. I need to be at home alone for like an extended period of time. But when I'm out, like I'm out. Same. Like I'm life of the party. Yep. Um, so I feel very connected to you. I also feel like we had a kind of a similar experience with our beginnings of reality TV mm. where we both were kind of built up a lot. And then, and then worn um, down. Literally destroyed. Yeah, destroyed. <laughs> and as two people who obviously we want control of our life yeah how did it affect your mental health being in something that you have zero control over and when I tell you you have zero control like you really have no control right um well I look I like to do things that do take me out of my comfort zone same right I like to take risks I like to do things that um it makes you feel alive yes exactly they make that make me uncomfortable and that I can't predict you know and things like that even though it's always kind of predictable at the same time. (laughs) So, you know what? I think, like, doing the show has, like, opened so many doors for me. It's, like, been an amazing thing, while also it's come with, like, it's huge pile of issues that I have to work really hard at, like, not internalizing the things I see written about myself. I have to work hard to not hold resentments against people who have fucked with me or whatever, like Ooh. on the show and off the show and on social media or a writer that wrote something horrible about me and I had to see on my birthday or mm. like just so much toxicity. Ugh. And if I let it like fester inside me, I'm only going to be miserable. They say like being resentful is like 
hating someone and drinking your poison to hurt them or something like that. Yes, That's a, you're poisoning yourself as if it's going right, to hurt them. Exactly. So I I feel like I'm in the same place where the universe was like, okay, you want to level up? Let's do some crazy lessons where like you, I'm Sicilian. Like I don't, I remember everything anyone's ever done to me. Oh I'm a loyal ass bitch. And yep. like, if you cross me once, I'm like, I can't trust you. Yep. And I remember everything and I, I feel everything. I take things personally. Cause that's how high I would treat people. Mm -hmm. You can't live that way in reality TV. Like you have to be political and be yep. like, okay, well for my career, I need to smile I know. and move forward. Yeah. And I never, I don't play that game. Yeah. I, I never and also, had. You have to also turn off a piece of yourself. Yeah. Which I think takes years of doing and I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to do that. What piece of yourself? Probably the frontal lobe piece. Because <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest here, not everyone's playing with a full deck, you know? No, but like, like, look, like obviously like I see like Ramona and Luann and like how they deal with it. Like they don't even let shit, they like let shit Dude. roll off their fucking back. They don't think about the shit. They don't care. They don't give a fuck. They're like all about their business. And I kind of love it, you know, and I want to be like that. It's Luann gave extent. me some wild advice once. What'd she say? Because I was like, Luann, I'm in a situation where like people think I did things that like didn't happen mm -hmm. and it's not how it happened mm -hmm. and everyone and everyone's saying I'm not holding accountability but like that's not how the situation really happened what and she say? was like no 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 you have to just own up to it you just have to go with that you have to just own it and go with it and then everyone will leave you alone but if you keep fighting it Fuck. if you keep fighting it people are gonna just like you're gonna look like the crazy one isn't that insane and it's I was like go with the lie every cell in my body was like ah! And wow. <laughs> but like reality TV, I think I went into it, I think, in a similar way that you did, where I was like, I want to show that women are more than like one dimensional because mm -hmm. someone once told me like they're going to cast you like you're the hot one. You're the messy one. You're the weak one. You're the voice of reason. Mm -hmm. And you can change yeah. characters real quick, right. depending on yeah, how they feel about you. One, right. And I wanted to show that women could be like bosses, but also depressed and like, you know, loud, but also yeah, smart. No, 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 but I do think that you were able to capture that in a way that a housewife hasn't ever done that before. Thank you so much. I also think that like the viewers, I think like the viewers, it's hard for them to see multidimensional yeah. women also on there. Like we're very much shrunken down by them and mm -hmm. like objectified and made mm -hmm. into characters mm -hmm. for like people's entertainment. And mm -hmm. you kind of have to be okay with that. What's wild for me is how people can think you change so much in a season. It's like I was literally the same fucking person. <laughs> like, I'm still the same person. Like, what? Like, it's wild to me that people be like, I can't, I, I don't, I used to love her and now I don't. And you're like, it's been six months. As and if I'm like, yeah, but, and they, it's just, it's weird to be talked about. Like, and also when people leave Instagram, comments on my Instagram and talk mm -hmm. in third person about me, I'm yeah, like, I'm, I can you're, see like, it. Li you're literally on my page. I like, can hear you. I've had to obviously be like, okay, my Instagram is literally just work. It's business. I don't put pictures of my kid up. I don't put pictures of my family up, mm -hmm. really. Like, it's just business. Like, it's a little sad. I need to get a Finsta. How, oh, hell yeah. Yeah. How much do you care about what people think? Um... I'm more concerned. I do care, mm -hmm. but I'm much more concerned with making myself happy. Like, I'm not a people pleaser, mm -hmm. you know? Like, I'm very self-absorbed in a lot of ways. Like, yeah. this is my fucking life. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. Uh, I'm also obsessed with the fact that you created this brand. And 
Can you explain Married to the Mob mm-hmm. of like what it means to you now? So Married to the Mob is my streetwear brand that I started in 2004. Um, I think that also it was like a weird like juxtaposition with Roni too. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously when you saw the women come to my like 15 year anniversary party, it was like, what's happening? <laughs> um, but like the brand, like, you know, I mean, like I, like I write in the book, I literally went from being like a teenage delinquent mm-hmm. to having a, a brand that got very successful within a couple years. And, it and was, you got an investment because you got money, right? From, from like a, the, yeah, so a my, bad incident. Right, my, my, yes, my police um, um, brutality case, which mm-hmm. like I was beat up by the cops and it was terrible. I sued them. I won $75,000. I did buy two Goyard bags. Barney's. <laughs> But then I returned one of them because I thought, okay, you're being like, I, I bought like an overnight bag, like a duffel bag in maroon. And I mm-hmm. bought like one of the Fiji hobo bags in black. So I returned the duffel bag because I was like, you're ODing Leah. Be but smart that is chaos theory That's in chaos itself. chaos theory. Like I knew like right where I was like, we're going to Barney's. We're doing that. Um, <laughs> and I used the rest of the money to not only invest into my company, but to live off of and quit my job at the time. Yeah. And that gave me like, you know, access to being able to do mob full time. And then I did, you know, the brand was doubling every year in profit and um, doing just so well. Like I got to work with Cause and Nike and Barbie and um, like Kangol and Reebok. And I mean, the list goes on and on at Colette and Paris. And I've gotten to travel to amazing places. And if I didn't have mob, I'd have nothing. So you hate having a boss? I think I do. Sam? Yeah. Do you like Andy as a boss? I, you know what? I love Andy. Same. I really do. He's great. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know how he deals with all of us. No, I, he doesn't. Is, how does he? But he has to. <laughs> like, imagine how many calls he gets. He's dealing with the most insane women in, in like, in the U.S. What? And in Dubai now. Yes. Like, <laughs> like, pick the craziest bitches that, like, think the world revolves around them. Like, and Andy has to deal with their phone calls every day. If you... If someone was about to be plucked from obscurity to become a housewife, what advice would you give them? You know, just be, have a good therapist. (laughs) (laughs) Like, get a lobotomy. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, turn the frontal lobe off. Like, no, but like you have to be, the hardest part is dealing with so many people caring about what you say and how you act Mm -hmm. and be ready to be scrutinized and like, just talked about on Facebook things mm-hmm. and fucking blogs and podcasts. Do you read them? Oh, no. Oh, oh no. thank God. Hell to the thank no. God. The- I don't even, I honestly tried. It's sad because I want to go in my comments and respond to like, yes. people that I know and like friends and whatever, but I just don't even do it anymore because I just don't. It's just- I had to give my phone away for three weeks for someone to just manage my phone. Damn, I'm sorry, babe. No, it's okay. No, it's, it's a lot. It's a fun story to tell, though. It's a lot. It's because also you know yourself it's like a drug I talk to my therapist about it where it's like sometimes you get cocky because people start being nice and then you start looking into it because you're it, like never mind they're not being like, nice yeah, yeah. and because you're like you're like oh if I just have one drink it'll be fine right and then next thing you know you're blackout exactly. um then having fun <laughs> also when did you you were a crazy teen yeah now you have a daughter oh yeah how does it feel to be a mom and watching like a piece of you now be in that age. I'm so proud of her. Aww. Because she's such a good fucking kid. And I don't mean good like, I mean, she is on the honor roll, just saying. And mm-hmm. she does care about her grades. But it's not like I'm like, she's like a, you know, like playing an instrument and learning three languages. <laughs> and, you know, it's not like that. She's 
happy. She's well-adjusted. She has great friends that she hangs out with all the time. Like, they're hilarious. They harass mm -hmm. people on the street. Like, they do dumb shit that I used to do. A little New York City shit. All the, exactly. But, like, they're not, like, smoking crystal meth. You know yes. what I mean? Like, she's having a normal teenage, like, And life. New York City children, we joke, like, you try acid by 11 years old. Yeah, well, I've told her not to do that. <laughs> she better not be. I mean, I know that, like, kids her age and that she knows are, like, trying mushrooms and shit. But, like, she has not done that. But, um, you know, like, she asked me, like, if she can, like, drink. Like, I have to be careful what I say. And I was like, you know, Kira, like, what if you get alcohol poisoning? What if mm -hmm. you don't know when to stop? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know what to say to her because she's 15. She's going to do it regardless. Mm -hmm. She's asking for my permission. What the fuck do I do? I really don't know what to do. Like, mm -hmm. I don't even want to know, but I do want to know. But it's amazing she's so comfortable with you to speak to you like that bigger big sister almost. But instead of her hiding and like doing sketchy shit and being scared of like you. Doing like, you know, yeah, it's pretty cool. We have a great relationship. Like, Did you so want to be a mom? Oh yeah. Ever since I was a little girl. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay, Kylie. <laughs> Wait, is that what she said? Yeah, she's always like, I've always wanted to be a oh, mom. Oh, yeah, I really, I really did. Like, I was always scared, like, how am I going to push a baby out of my vagina? Yeah. But then I got older and my vagina got bigger. Oh, yeah. So I wasn't scared anymore. Yeah. Because <laughs> no, I was kidding. envisioning. I was still, I was still fucking scared. Shit. <laughs> You're like, just to say my vagina's still tiny. Yeah, however. that's what I'm saying, okay? <laughs> I, because I was envisioning you living this wild life and then you get pregnant well that did happen for yes. sure but also like ever since i was a little girl i was like i'm gonna be a mom i'm gonna be a mom so it wasn't as like what the fuck you know i was definitely like what the fuck mm -hmm. but rob was very supportive and mm -hmm. like obviously if i had a guy who was like yeah we definitely can't do this shit then i'd probably be like well i guess you're right but he was really supportive and rob was great and the fact that yeah. he from a production standpoint, like, was down to film with you. Like, oh, yeah. the amount of, like, straight dudes that would be down to he film. You know what? He's so supportive, and he he loves, you know, he thinks it's great. Are you dating? No. Are you being, like, I'm specifically not dating? I mean, I'm not, like, I'm just not on apps. I'm not, like, I don't go out. I work. Mm -hmm. Like, if I go out, it's, like, for work. Do you want to meet someone? Not really right now. Good. We're decentering men from our lives. Even yeah. though I just got married. Yeah, you did just get married. We're decentering men from <laughs> our lives. We don't. <laughs> we don't. Maybe he, has some, maybe he has some friends for me. But you, you're like an inspiration in a lot of ways. You're like a love inspiration. Oh my god. Because I feel like me and you were similar in being like fuck men, and then you're like getting so married. You're brand. getting married. It's literally it's so really bad off. for my brand. I don't even want to talk about <laughs> it. My stand up is like uh, it's not good. No, but, but now you have so much more new content. I do. Right? Like I've married been, life content. Yeah. D and that's a whole new demo. Yes. Yes. I actually was never a girl who I think I always wanted to be a mom, but I never dreamed of getting married. Did you ever dream of like a wedding so and marriage? I definitely for a while was like really like with Rob, like when the fuck are you proposing to me? Yeah. And, like one of the reasons like I dumped him or broke up with him, whatever, is because he never proposed. But it's like now you're you, he basically has been your partner for yeah, life. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I know. Well, he's dating someone now. How so. is it? It's um, fairly new, but there's definitely, like, boundaries he's putting up that are new for me, which yeah. is weird. But, like, we had to talk, all of us, like, me, him, and Kier, and, you know, I'm, hap I'm happy for you him. You want hope, him to be no, happy. No, I want him to be happy. Like, I hope this girl works out. I hope I get to meet her at some point. Also, I feel like I'm projecting on you, but I feel like the door needs to be, like, so closed on him for any other doors to open. I know. And, like, even, like, his door even a little open it affects the energy of other things. Yeah, so maybe this will help me. Yeah. Even though I really don't. 
I don't know. I just I've only had sex once in twelve months. Oh, that's just, <laughs> isn't that crazy? Was it good? Yeah, I mean, it was okay. But yeah. you can't really date on the apps anymore. No, I had one person write, "Wow, you're on this." I guess there's really no hope. I was like, "Awesome, <laughs> thank you." It is like yeah, finding groups of friends and stuff. The, but Rob, he's older than you, right? He's twelve years older. My guy's fifteen. Oh wow, we love a zaddy. We do, but now, but once you get close to forty, <laughs> you don't anymore because now they're like sixty, and you're like, eh, your skin is like feeling soft and mushy, and I'm not into that. And I need like a twenty five year old. Yeah, my man is forty six. Yeah, oh that's young cool. heart. Yeah, he's young though. 46. And and I yeah, because I'm like grossed out by guys in their twenties now, but I think there'll be a time where there'll be a time. Trust me. I'm in that weird place though, where I'm attracted to like the guys in their forties and their sons in their twenties. Yeah. I you mean, probably too. I mean, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Double whammy. Right. No, that sounds awesome. I just don't, I don't meet the guys in their forties that I meet. Like this is like, this is my, this is my um, theory. Yeah. doesn't apply to women. It applies only to men. If you are a man in your forties and you haven't been married yet or, and you're not divorced and you don't have any kids, uh-huh. then you do not want commitments. Because you would have done that by 40. There's plenty of women out here. There's not a lot of dudes. So if you're a woman in your 40s and you haven't had a kid, that doesn't mean anything on you. That mm-hmm. just means all these dudes are pieces of shit. Yes, I agree. I love a divorced man. I think a yeah. divorced man has like been shook by like a relationship not working, probably has had to do some therapy and like more knowledgeable about stuff. Maybe there's some baggage, but like I love yeah. an older divorced man than just like right a confused here. guy in their 20s. Look, I don't I honestly don't know what will work. I mean, I want someone who has kids, but at the same time, I don't want to deal with that. Mm hmm. But I feel like having a guy. You're like, I don't want to deal with having, their little shits. I don't. But and like an ex, like a baby mom or ex-wife, like mm-hmm. who's probably psycho, like whatever. Mm-hmm. But maybe she's cool. I don't know. Whatever. We'll, we'll see it on the next season. I was season. just like reading like Steven Tyler. He's like 70 something. He's married. to, And he just he it was in the news. He relapsed and he's like back. In oh, rehab, I saw that. So like prayers up to him. Mm-hmm. Like, But um, he's married to his personal assistant who's like 35. He's like 70. I mean, it's Steven Tyler though. He's Steven Tyler. They're reckless. Do you want a guy who's sober? Um, I'm okay with that, but like he can also be just a regular social drinker. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't want a guy that's like getting wasted. My guy's sober. Oh, cool. Since he's 19. Wow. Yeah. He was one, he's Irish. Yeah. So he's one of those where it was in his head that his family can't drink. Like he knew it yeah. and then he saw it happening. And then at 19, he was like, let's get ahead of it and stop. And then he became a comedian. Is he like program sober or just like he, he, quit? he was like he was. he was deep in the program, all that stuff. Oh, wow. Okay. But it's been so long that now, yeah, of course, it, it, he's evolved he's out of self, it. That means he's self-aware. He's self-introspective. He's spiritual. He's because mm-hmm. the program gives you all of that. Oh, yeah. Know? The program so. also like when I have my own mental stuff, he he has really good advice of like, just battling your own mind. Everyone's battling their own mind we in different ways and using different soothing mechanisms. Mm-hmm. And where he maybe turned to drinking, I'm turning to like obsessive loop thoughts or something. Oh my God, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I saw you talk about intrusive, in, thoughts. intrusive thoughts in your book. Yeah. What's it like oh my God. for you? It's like hell. I mean, it's it's literally hell. Like it's like, it's when my anxiety is peaking and I'm like, there's a knife there. I could stab myself with it. Mm-hmm. Or, like kill my dogs. Like mm-hmm. like something terrible. You think, and then you're like, why am I thinking that? Get out of my head. I'm not like that. Mm-hmm. Ah, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like not like you're actually going to do it and you're not actually homicidal like or suicidal, but it just like just these thoughts come in and you can't stop them. Yes. 
And like, thank God I'm on Wellbutrin. I'm on Prestige. I'm on some other shit. Like, you know, you have the cocktail. I have the cocktail that's helping. You I'm know? pulling up another quote from your book that I really liked. Um, it's This is all from the intro in the beginning. But you basically said it felt like a struggle for you to exist, mm. which I can relate to. You were a prisoner to substances until you got sober. Yeah. And to ease your pain. But then when you were sober, you had to face the reality of what your brain was doing. And you said you've done everything, meditation, 12-step meetings, juice cleanses, vegan diets, yogurt, exercise, churches, gurus, witches, and the finest doctors in Manhattan. Yeah. And the Hare Krishnas. Oh my God, the Hare Krishnas. I don't know why that was. I forgot to put that in there, but they actually really worked. That was great. What did they do? Oh my God, I had this, I had a monk who I was seeing regularly. You're fucking... No, oh. no, no, uh, no. He was, oh, he's so amazing. I actually need to reach out to him. He's now not a monk anymore. He got married. His guru told him you can do, but you can still do amazing work and be mm-hmm. married and whatever. But mm-hmm. um, his name's Rasanath Das. You can Google him. And he did a ma- an amazing TED talk about meditation and the Bhagavad Gita. And he was actually working in um, finance and living in a monastery at the same time. I'm obsessed with him. Get you a man who could do both. He's so dope. And then he was like, I have to leave this finance world. This isn't me. I need to go to my spiritual calling. I somehow connected with him and found him. And then he put me onto the Enneagram. Have you done the Enneagram? I haven't done it. Oh, it's so cool. I've done it, but I forgot what what number personality you are. I'm an eight. And um, not many women are eight, by the way. But anyway, I was going there for years. What does an eight mean? An eight is um, uh, the challenger. Ooh. Yeah. The eight is, um, yeah, the challenger. And I have a seven wing. The seven wing is more like the playful one. I feel like as an intelligent person, you said earlier, like you're more unhappy sometimes because I think like you have the capability of overanalyzing everything to the point that you're frozen and you scare yourself and you're like, wait, I've just been sitting on my couch for 30 minutes and I've gone through like four panic attacks for no reason. Oh yeah, it's good. But when it comes to self-help, like I remember when I'm depressed, I'll order like 10 self-help books on Amazon and not read any of them. Oh my God, I have so many too. I have so and many. Like, this is so when you're trying to get better, how much is like too much to like try to fix yeah, it? Yeah, because versus- then you're going to, it's sometimes good to get out of your head, right? And that means like movement and exercise, yeah. right? So like today I woke up. Instead of sitting on my phone, I'm like, I need to go take a walk. Mm-hmm. So I take a walk, you know, and I make some phone calls and I call some people that like are cool and I love them and whatever. Like that starts my day off good, you know. But when I was like really struggling in like January, February and even like March, to be honest, um, I had to write like go on new medication and stuff like that. But like I think I read this amazing book also called The Anatomy of Anxiety that I always promote because it's mm. so good. And just like your circadian, she talks about your circadian clock and getting like natural light into your eyes, like mm-hmm. in the morning, early morning and like not looking at screens, like for an hour or two before bed and um, shamanic shaking, which ends the stress cycle. So like, Ooh. yeah, like it's a shaking thing. It's cool. Also, <laughs> it's crazy. But it's, cool. it's like forget, we forget that we're plants like we're just we just need water, mm-hmm. which I forget. I haven't drank water since 2005. And I wonder why I'm a bitch. <laughs> um, light. Yeah. Like movement. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so easy to get in your own head. Has um the attention and the fame <clears throat> made you happier or no. sadder? No. It ha- I can't say it's made me happier or sadder. It's just a part of my life now. Yeah. You know, like 
sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not good. Um, you're so right. I feel the same way. Like there are moments that you're like, oh, that was really sweet of that person. But you're not like walking around being like, like oh, my, I'm, it, different, I, I'm a different human than oh I was God, a couple no, years ago. I think, I think like that obviously happens to people. And when you're when you start like seeking that and that feels like a drug, I think you're going down a very dangerous path. And the I ego. Think about a few people. Well, I read that Andy warned you yes. when you first started mm-hmm. being like, don't let it get to your head. Yes. And I know from my show where things started to unravel is when it becomes not about friendships and it becomes about egos and you're fighting about production stuff and you're not fighting about actual friend stuff. And I've seen it in other shows too. Mm. And because it becomes like you're not people, you're just all like looking at followings and looking at, you know, who's popular. Who's more, right, and like followers or whatever. Who's exactly who's getting more likes. Right? Exactly. Yeah. But looking forward... What are yeah. we manifesting? What are we, what are, um, what do we want? Well, I don't know um, if you saw, but I just posted something. Yeah. About being, having my first little film role. It's nothing crazy, but like it. honestly, I just, I did it. It looks already. like a cool project. It's got, oh, you did it already? I did it. Yeah. It was amazing. Also, you're with WME. I'm with WME. Yeah, I'm I, with WME too. Oh, are you? Oh, WME no, that's, sisters. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I love that. I am very excited to see where. Is that a new thing for you? I've been with them for like two and a half years for comedy but i'm kind of like expanding a little which is exciting they're great they're great they're so good um shout out to bradley what was it Um, did you did you want to do acting or did it fall in your lap it honestly kind of fell in my lap but also when i was younger i was in like an off-broadway play and i was in this um acting group called um city kids Mm -hmm. in tribeca and donald Mm -hmm. Faison was there when i was there so i was like very into it and then of course i started doing a lot of drugs but you know (laughs) um when ro i mean roni's obviously had this long break i'm like what can i do for myself i'm like i'm gonna take some acting classes because that sounds so scary yeah so i was taking classes and then i met the director and we linked up and we were working on another project and then this project came into her lap and she was like i'm putting you in it you know so it was great i was honestly i thought i was gonna be so nervous i just felt so comfortable probably just because like nicole payone is just such an amazing director and like made me feel really comfortable but um it was a great experience and i don't know i'm just i just go where um the universe pushes me to i don't i and this is what i was i was actually thinking about this on the way here i've never done anything for money yeah. Ever. I have never been like, this is going to make me money. That's why I have to do it. Yeah. I've been like, I'm starting this. The brand I started out of nowhere and never thought I was going to make that any money from it. And obviously was able to support myself for a very long time doing it. Um, Roni, I didn't do for money. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is a fucking insane opportunity. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck? How many people get to do this? I'm saying yes. And now I'm having fun with the acting thing. And it's just it's just about it's about challenging myself. It's about devouring whatever life gives me. I don't know if Mm. I'm going to die tomorrow. Like, I don't fucking know who the fuck knows. People get sick. People get fucking shot, hit by car. I mean, whatever. I'm getting dark right now. But that's Mm. how I look at my life. I'm literally like, I don't know what's going to happen. I'll do it all. And you keep leaning towards what like brings you excitement, what brings you joy. That's why I talk here a lot about I'm anti like five year plans. I think they're so restrictive. Yeah. And that's also not how your mind works. Like you ever started a day and been like, this is exactly how it's going to go. You got to just like flow. Yeah. 
Burner Phone is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Also, what was your drug of choice? So, I mean, definitely alcohol. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I loved alcohol probably more than anything. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was a raver when I was a teenager. Oh, my God. You know, so I was doing ecstasy. I was doing rooftops in Brooklyn. I was doing, yeah, warehouses, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. Um, I was doing speed. I was doing, I was mixing it all. I was doing everything. I was doing acid. I just posted a story about some guy dosed me with acid and like, I yes. had, like people get mad at me. Yeah. Like, that's, I'm like, okay. They're like, that's traumatic. I'm like, it wasn't traumatic for me. I've had traumatic things happen. Don't tell me what my story is for yeah. me. Yeah. Like it's my also, story. Also, you're allowed to speak about traumatic events too. Exactly. Yeah. But also it's like, you should not be laughing about this. It's like, no, it's my fucking situation. I can laugh about Look, whatever the fuck I want. People need to laugh about more shit in life. That's they for sure. They really do. <laughs> they really, really do. I am... Um, what is it like being in rehab facilities? Um, you know, it's like, I guess it depends if you want to be there or not. Mm. You know, the same thing with like, you can make hospital. what you want out like, of it. Yeah, like I, I put myself in the mental hospital. So it's a lot different than like being forced into one and yeah. not being able to leave and being involuntarily put in one. Um, and also, yeah, it's about what you get out of it. I mean, you end up being like, I don't even want to leave rehab right now because when you're in your addiction and and like in my teenage years when I was in rehabs, it was so much, life was so much easier and better for me in rehab because it's Mm. like I wake up, I eat my meal, I go to therapy, I know I'm going to bed at night. Like I loved the routine and I loved not being on drugs. Like I loved being able to like not be addicted, you know, but it was really hard when I would get out to stay clean. Yeah. So in January, when I, I checked myself into Silver Hill, um, luckily they took my insurance. And, you know, I was like, if it's good enough for Mariah yeah. and Truman Capote. Yeah, instead of going going on some, like, bullshit culty wellness retreat, like... Like, I want to go to the legit place. I want, I want the hardcore shit. Yeah, I want shit. the legit place with, like, doctors and, like, fucking nurses and the meds and take my vitals and you know therapy i mean look when you're it's there's not a lot of therapy at mental hospitals mm-hmm. that's the thing it's kind of like more like because they want to get you back to like yeah like you're stable you know but um obviously it's it's like a last resort mm-hmm. because you have to be really suffering obviously to be like okay nothing else is working i need to go what were your what are your kind of signs that you know you need to check yourself in well you know I've, i mean i've only done it twice mm-hmm. and i hope i don't have to do it again mm-hmm. that's for sure yeah but um it's not fun it's not you know and i hope i never go through what i went through this past january ever again but i think like well i was having panic attacks that for for weeks on end that wouldn't stop Mm -hmm. and even like sedatives and things that the doctor were giving me wasn't working and like I couldn't eat and I was despondent and I wasn't myself I was completely and this is what happened I went off my Lexapro Mm. and then they tried I tried going back on it when shit hit the fan and it wouldn't work because that sometimes happens yeah so I just needed like a reset, you know, and just to get off my phone. No, I needed to process what's gone on in the last two years, which is a pandemic, 
me going from no one knowing who I am to everyone knowing who I am, from people everyone loving me to everyone hating me, to my grandmother dying, to that being on the show, to being feeling exploited by it. Not like there was so much shit that I didn't. And I was like avoiding it all. I was like, I'll get plastic surgery. I'll do this. I'll do that. I wasn't I couldn't deal with my feelings. And so finally it all hit me. And I think that's what happens when you just I wasn't in therapy and I wasn't taking care of myself. You Did know? you want to be off meds? So I I didn't I, I just didn't feel like they were doing anything anymore. Mm. And I shouldn't have it was probably look, I mean, I have bipolar too, supposedly. Like who knows? I've I i do not know. I'm never going off my meds again. Yeah. Like I'm never going off them again. Yeah. Thank God for them. And it's and remember that, like in three years. <laughs> I need to t- tattoo that shit on me. No, I'm telling you, like, some people need God to just like fucking drop a fucking pile of bricks on their head to mm-hmm. like wake up. Like mm-hmm. that's how I feel I am. And my I he kicked my ass. God kicked my ass in January yeah. to be like Leah. You better stop doing dumb shit. That's what the universe does to me. And that's why I guess they call me Hurricane Hannah, because (laughs) I don't get out of situations quietly. I don't go into situations quietly. Like the universe tells me when shit is great for me. And when the universe is like, you're done with this, Mm -hmm. it makes sure that I never, (laughs) ever put myself in those situations. Reality TV again with like more control with a certain kind of situation. Yeah. Um, I was in an unfortunate place and an unfortunate like time too because mine was a COVID season where they locked us in a house yeah. for for six think, weeks. Yeah, I also think people in general they're they're like added like they're they you know we had dealt with like you know so much polarization and mm-hmm. death from COVID and politics and people were just visceral and volatile. People were crazy and it was also like during BLM yep. and during like a high high cancellation time yeah. and people were in a very like black and white place with people like yeah. you're either an angel yeah. or you're and the devil it. yeah and there's no in between and there's no in between how do you deal with like people who none of them know you but they loved you they hate you how do you deal with that right now if god forbid like let's say you you never go on reality tv again and that's how you left it i mean i mean the people that i the people that i care about i thought i had a great season and yeah. that's andy cohen yep that's nicole payone who just put me in her movie yep that's rihanna and my family. And those are the only people and that matter. Those are the people. <laughs> it's like the bosses that write the checks. You know what I mean? Yep. Like a friend who fucking gave me a huge opportunity and my family. Like what? Mm-hmm. And Rihanna. Like what mm-hmm. more do I need? Like the rest of the people? Come on. I can't. I can't give a fuck. Like no. I cannot give a fuck. No. Like. And that person. And, and who knows? Yeah. It's. There's nothing you could do. You can't control the external shit. But like your energy and your. Like, like your book, everyone needs to buy it because Thank I feel you. like it's so just really self-aware Thank you. and vulnerable refl- and fucking powerful. It was a reflective thing. I actually think writing it is part of what spun me into because I had to talk about so much shit that I haven't thought about in so long, you yeah. know? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're killing it right now. We're going to go a little deeper into hell. <laughs> Let's go. And we're going to play The Seven Deadly Sins. Ooh. Seven Deadly Sins. What are you greedy about? Definitely I'm greedy about things. I'm just trying to think what I'm most... (laughs) (laughs) I definitely, like, feel like I like to get my way. Mm. Like, I'm greedy about getting my way. Mm Mm-hmm getting what I want, yeah. whatever that is. Yeah. You know but that also mean? makes you like a good business person. That's true. I mean, you're looking at the bright side of it. But, yeah. I'm trying to be um, positive. Yeah. I definitely am greedy about getting my way and I can, it, I need to like 
practice like letting go of things sometimes and like seeing what the outcome is. I try to control. I'm greedy about control and controlling the outcome. Yes. Of things. Yes. Who are you envious of? I'm definitely an envious person. Mm-hmm. I, I've realized that recently and it's sad. I'm mm-hmm. working on it. But, um, you know, I'm envious of like people with like $20 million like homes in the Hamptons <laughs> and like also the apartment in the city and mm-hmm. also the place. Yeah, I'm definitely envious of people who like have tons of money mm-hmm. for sure. But then deep down, you don't really care about money. It's not that I don't care about money. It's that I don't care about it enough to mm. do something solely based on that. True. Does that makes sense. True. You know? Yeah. So I'm not meaning to sound hypocritical because I do care about money for <laughs> mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. But I'm just not like it's not the point of doing anything or else it's not I the just, driving force. It's for not things. or else I would just end up I would have worked on Wall Street or something. Exactly. But you would have been fucking oh miserable. Psycho. What do you more psycho? More psycho. <laughs> what are you gluttonous about? Like what do you overindulge in? My just like probably my mental health <laughs> and like my um like, I don't know. Um, I spend a lot of time on um, like beauty stuff. I don't know, mm-hmm. getting my hair done. I don't know. That you look amazing, shit. by the way. Thank you, babe. You know, some people you meet in person and you're like, oh, I didn't see that for you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, you just like on Instagram, you're like, oh, the, the Paris filter is strong with you. Yeah. But no, right. you I are know the like Paris glowing filter. naturally. Well, you, you talk so much about, and like, I love that. You, I always. Oh, yeah, we do. I, that's like that's how, how we know each other. That's how we originally bonded over like Instagram, like not filtering stuff, right? Or what? We what am did I- a clubhouse. Do you remember clubhouse? Oh my god, we did a clubhouse together. Yes. IG famous Dana was talking about plastic surgery that. and stuff, and we. It's funny because I feel like we ha- we have different experiences. Like I haven't done plastic yeah. surgery yet in my life, yeah. and you have, yeah. but we both had kind of a similar perspective on it my thing was like if you're gonna do something look deeper like what's the why right and know that like it's not gonna fix anything yeah oh no and make sure you're doing it for the right reasons and also i was like be very open about it like tag the doctor like right and i feel like you've been if i tag the doctor he should be doing it for free and i've had to pay for all all my plastic surgery and it was all very expensive i'm just saying i do have to say sometimes it's like i'd rather pay good stuff for that than feel like i got oh yeah a discount i think i have the best nose job i've ever seen it's straight up it doesn't look like a nose job at all isn't it great my daughter doesn't understand it. She's like, why didn't you make it smaller? I'm like, here, then I would have looked fake. What are you talking about? Ooh, what, what did you tell the doctor when you were getting your nose job? I mean, he, he kind of, well, first of all, the photo I showed him was a photo of Sharon Tate. Mm. Is that her name? I think, yes. Gorgeous, um, gorgeous. Um, the, the one who got murdered. Yes, exactly. Yeah, dark. I'm like, this is a great one. He's like, Leah, you know, I can't like make, give you a nose of someone else. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to do what I can with yours. But he was mm-hmm. like, I'm not touching your nostrils. Um, cause it's going to look too fake. True. Yeah. Because a lot of women get, get them, you know, true and get them sewed up and that can look fake. Why do you want the nose job? I, I did not like my nose. I, and listen, I actually think that like everyone looks better with a nose job mm-hmm. and I was sick of looking at my nose. They do. <laughs> no one has a fucking perfect ass nose. Like no one does. I thought you were about to say, I'm sick of looking at these people without nose jobs all day. No, I mean, I don't mean it like that, but it's like my nose was always something, even when I was in my early twenties, I was like, I want my fucking nose done. And my parents were like, you don't make money on your image. So who cares? And I'm like, mm-hmm. well now I'm on TV. So I'm sick of looking at my fucking nose. and I want it fixed. So this is not like you saw a weird angle of yourself on reality TV. This is like a thing that you've been thinking about for a long time. Yes. But also I have, 
had to see myself so much more through the angles. Sometimes oh I'm like, God. these. I was like, did, sick is of that, shit. I was like, is that video guy mad at me or something? But I have, but I have to, I have to consciously when I look at Instagram, when I look at the Kardashians, and when I look at everyone else on Instagram Girl. or wherever, I'm like. That's not normal. Leah, stop looking at your dip, hip dips and don't even think about it, girl. And da da da. Because at this point, I'm like, I've done enough, like, where I'm like, I don't want to do more for a while, like, mm-hmm. until I get my, like, neck lift or whatever. <laughs> but I'm, I mean, Ted, did you how, see Teddy Mellencamp's? It looks great. How do you know when you've gone too far? I think it's when you can't make an expression. You can't tell if you're laughing or yeah, crying. Yeah, I don't want to ever look like that, even though my mom says I kind of do look like that. But um, <laughs> Mom's, my, my daughter Mom's said not. so brutally honest. Yeah, she is. But Kira also told me, like, don't mm-hmm. do anything more. Um, I did my eyes not that long ago. I did an upper bleph. But, like, mm. it, I knew it wasn't going to make me. I noticed that it was cha- my face was changing, and mm-hmm. I just wanted to look how it did, like, five years ago, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um but that's a very easy surgery. I'm like, that's nothing. Your um, work, your work does look very natural on you. Like you look yeah. like you. I just hate when everyone starts looking like the same girl. I mean, yeah. And then it's like no, everyone's it's, just it's, tryhards to look I, like a breast. Listen, doll. as much as I love plastic surgery, I'm happy I've done it. I also can't, at the same time, can't stand like how obsessed we are with it and and with image and with everything because. Mm-hmm. It's cool. It's cool to look cute. It's cool to do all that. But you have to do also the rest of the shit. Well, yeah. Like, and at what point do you look at yourself in the mirror and instead of being like, that's me, let's move on with the day. You're like, oh, what right. If I, and, what and, if I? and that's how I was started to be. I started being like, oh, I could do this. I could do that. And I'm like, no, I don't want to be, I don't want to live like that. Yeah. And also as someone like who's so, you know, into like your mental health and stuff, like when I leave this with you or like when a guy leaves a date with you they remember how you made them feel hmm. like they don't remember the little details in your face exactly. and shit. What's, how does it feel to be aging in the public eye? Um, I mean, definitely like, so I was looking at a video of myself. I did a, the podcast with the Stallone sisters. Oh yeah. Who were like very young and I can't stop looking at my neck. And now I'm mentioning my neck again, but I've <laughs> always been my neck. Like, look, I don't have a lot of melanin. My mm-hmm. skin is very thin. <laughs> It's starting to crinkle a little, but it's also like, I'm also like, fuck it. Mm-hmm. Like, just fuck it. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I will do my neck lift at some point, <laughs> but, 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 you know, I don't know. I go back and forth. Like, you know, it's. Cause yeah, is self-love accepting who you are right now or is self-love being like, I'm going to change whatever I want within me. It's both. Yeah. I think it's both. I think it depends. Like, I think we can also be both ways because like, I also talk about in the book how we're all we all have two different opinions living inside of us. We have, we're all hypocrites. We're all, we all change our minds. Like we do that, you know? Um, But I seriously, I really truly believe that the Kardashians have fucked us all up. And also it's not real. I also was looking at an article from the daily mail and it's like, look at their photos, not edited from this trip to Italy versus the edited ones. I'm like, holy shit i'm like i don't feel bad about they're fembots and also the fact that they'll sit there and like blatantly deny the work they've had done is actually what's fucked up that's the fucked up part i mean like and kendall jenner's the natural one and she's had a full face done yeah and i'm not trying to be like hating on them because i actually have so much respect for them me too but for girls like here yeah seeing that and being like why don't i look like that and feeling like shit when it's like that's not a normal human and also yeah the edited pics like kim doesn't have belly buttons on half her photos like i know her waist and her butt i had one 
magazine, like I'm not going to say who, like so photoshopped my face that I felt uncomfortable posting it. Yeah. Because I didn't, like it was like this big like fake <laughs> smile of mine like that I don't have. Like I actually like my the teeth looked great. I wish my teeth actually looked like that. But uh-huh. I posted it anyway and people and people were like, you fucking like look what you did to your face and why'd you do that? I'm like, I didn't do what they did. Leave me alone. I still wanted to post it. I, I look cute. I like the photo. Like, it is true though. Girls are growing up But now. I see how it would be addictive to start when you start face tuning yourself and to look a certain way it's like hey why not the most fucked up thing is that that's the photo that's gonna get the most likes it's fucked up because it's like yeah it's aspirational because it's not real yeah and i always say i don't i try not to edit my photos because i don't hate myself in real life Mm. it's like if you don't have your nails done for a while you start to just like like how your nails look i've never had not had my nails (laughs) don't bring that up i just or like if never you're, not if you're like not wearing makeup for a week yeah oh I, and you start to like love like right now you have barely new makeup on and you no, look girl, stunning no i do i have a lot of makeup <laughs> i look like shit without makeup trust me i have a bunch of makeup on do you how do you think being on reality tv has changed your confidence in your physical self um well i I don't know because I feel like I because you've kind I, of become like a fashion icon. <laughs> I funny. mean, your confessional looks. Are you fucking kidding Thank me? You. you either love them or you hate them, but you are talking about you them. are talking about that. So, That's what's important. Um, I actually keep looking at myself up there. So maybe I am self obsessed. <laughs> are you noticing that you're like Leah? Stop looking at yourself. I'm gonna look over you here. You honestly instead. look great. The blue with your blue eyes. I'm just like your hype girl now. I'm like yes, <laughs> yes. work it. Um, I think that. I think I've always been hard on myself yeah. about how I look. And, like, yeah. I've always been judging myself. And I'm my own wor- hard, worst critic, for sure, about everything I do. Like, not just, like, my looks, but, like, everything. Like, you should be doing this more. You should be doing that more. So I don't think being on reality TV has changed it. I think I've always been, like, yeah, a pain in my ass for myself. Same. Yeah. When was the last time you experienced extreme wrath or anger? Like, how extreme? <laughs> <laughs> you're like one to ten um anything like breaking shit it could be something that just bothered you pissed oh, you off bothered me or pissed me off that was like five like minutes ago days. no like two days ago <laughs> like two days ago like i was talking about somebody and like called them a cunt and a bitch and yeah like, fuck her the c yeah. word needs to be used more often it really does normalize I, I it in it america in front of my daughter all the time yeah i'm normalizing it yeah hell yeah i'm normalizing, I'm normalizing cunt in front of my kids. are you a confrontational person there's a lot of things i let go there, I'm, there's a lot of things I let go. If I didn't, I'd be in page six all the time doing a tit for tat with my co-stars, with whoever else. I don't go down that road. I don't do it. I don't like it. I'm better than that. I have too much respect for myself and I'm cooler than that. I'm just cooler than that. Yeah. How, you elevate this shit. How do you choose when to respond to when someone says something? Most of the time, I don't respond. Unless I'm, unless we're filming, obviously, mm-hmm. then I'm responding. You're but if we're not, and I'm not getting a check for it, why the fuck am I going to do that? You're so right. Like You're I so don't right. need to be a headline all the time about some negative bullshit, and then I'm keeping this bitch in the fucking press too. Fuck that. Hell yeah. The- and I learned Rich. that the first, I learned that season one because I was clapping back so much, and then being like, oh, I don't like that. I actually don't. Like be like it gives me anxiety. Yeah. When like I'm oh impressed. I hate it. It gives no. me so much anxiety when I yeah. see I'm like, like I had to turn off my alerts because yeah. like I oh, can't. And I then you read have- and whenever they pull a quote from you, you always sound like I always sounded like 
not myself. Well, most recently, it's always and I have not had Google Alerts on for a very long time, obviously, after last season. And most recently, I don't even know that someone had to be like, oh, the, everyone picked up what you said. I'm like, they did. And I'm like, oh, wow, People Magazine put that up. And that's not even what I said. No. What? Like, I don't even need to pay attention. A lot of it is out of context, like a response to something. It's out of context. But you get the clicks, girl. When's the last time you were a sloth? So like lazy piece of shit. Let yourself rest. But I feel like sloth and letting yourself rest are very different. Mm, they are. I have a very hard time doing that, though. Do you work out every day? Um, I try to work out like three to four times a week. But yeah. I'm probably going to start doing it more. Yeah. Yeah. I did gain 15 pounds in the last year. You look amazing. Thank though. you. I mean, I'm not saying like I want to lose it, but I want to like be, I want to tone up. I want to get strong. Yeah. And I also think strong body, strong mind. Yes. I also, I love boxing. I was a tennis player. So boxing yes. is very similar where it's like you're hitting, you're hitting, you're right, hitting like right. one person, another person. I love individual sports like that where you're just like battling yourself. Yep. And that shit got play, me pumped do up. Do ten, like, I still play tennis. Yeah, if I Kira, love tennis. If Kira ever wants a lesson, I, mean, oh, that I could give you cool. a lesson too. With yeah, we can hit. I would love that. You know, we can go to the Hamps with Luann and do a little. Yes. We're, I'm actually, we can go to Ramona's. Uh, Ramona would let us go to her tennis oh court. My We're god. on good terms. Oh my God. <laughs> Be like, Ramona. We, oh, my God. We'll have a whole tennis tournament with the we'll Housewives. We'll have a whole fucking tennis tournament. Oh, my God. That would be so funny. It would definitely end in drama. Um, <laughs> when was the last time you let your pride or your ego get in the way of something? How's your ego? Um, I've been keeping it in check a lot. Like, I have to say, like, I, I am. <laughs> I'm thinking. I think I have moments where I'm like in my ego like so much and I'm like, Bleh! and then I'm like, all right, chill out. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Cares. Yeah. About it. Yeah. So I do go like I'm constantly kind of like keeping it in check, but it gets, it gets in the way often. Yeah. I think for me, the hardest thing was reality TV was like seeing people deliberately like try to hurt you or like try to destroy yeah. you. Yeah. And are you talking about castmates or people um, like? Yes, both. Okay. And like just coming to terms with like you just have to exist with like people out there like that i know and you can't like if i clap back at every single person like, i'd be exhausted and i'd be living in like such a shitty world well yeah like if i say anything then you're just in the the mud again with them exactly but also and i have my pr people to thank for this because they very often i'm like okay guys i can't keep my mouth shut anymore and, and they like, go leah shut you're gonna keep your fuck fucking up. mouth shut you i didn't know? realize you when you pay for pr they just tell you not to they're do anything basically, <laughs> yeah they're, they're, basic, they're mufflers they're, they, they really they're so good with that like because i often am like what am i doing about this well, they're like you're very, not doing anything very rarely people can say something to, like change people's minds about a situation and it's more like just letting something pass especially when it's like false or really harmful towards you exactly Ooh, but yeah, I did like, I feel like you don't mean it. You're just very entertaining. So you'll do little things that don't mean to be like a yeah. clapback. And then it gets picked up and people are like, Leah. I know. To the Insta story. Yeah, right. Oh my God. The Insta stories. <laughs> I had to chill with that because I didn't yeah. realize every time you do an Insta story doing a clapback, it ends up in page six. And yep. I don't want that. Yep. I just want it on my Instagram story. Yep. So I stopped. Okay. When was the last time you let, you lusted over someone? Like, do you have a celebrity crush? <sighs> Um, 
this is a hard one because I've honestly been asexual for a while. <laughs> it really is. I think I was really lusting after like Lior Cohen years ago. Mm, mm-hmm. Not anymore though. And he has a baby and he's married now. Um, <laughs> he's definitely like a daddy though. Daddy. Sure, usually. <laughs> um, yeah, I ha- I'm honestly not a, re- not a lustful person. It's been years. I've gone through like a super fucking major sexual I've gone through many years where I was just lustful nonstop. Yeah. And now I've just kind of evolved. Do you feel, how do you feel as like a woman not having sex all the time? I feel great. It feels good. It really does because it's such an energy exchange. Yes. People don't talk about the amount of energy that's exchanged. At least for me, you know, like I, I just can't, I, I'm actually kind of grossed out. Like thinking about someone spit in my mouth right now (laughs) is making me like disgusted. (laughs) I haven't, so I'm just going through something right now. Also, I just feel like guys. And like COVID and monkeypox, like, <laughs> and monkeypox, they said it's being, um. Don't even tell me. I don't even want to know. It's a fucking sex thing. Oh, yeah. So you'll so be I'm fine. like, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing. I feel like men will fuck anything. So like my ego is like, I don't want men to, I didn't want men to fuck me all the time. I wanted to make them fall in love with me. Oh, yeah. So like, that yeah, was my kink. Much, like, yeah. or like, if we're going to hook up, I want to because you like want me and you've chased me and you like me. But yeah. that's me playing games and that's not healthy either. But um, that's true. That is you playing games. I do. And that's yeah, my own like Who was, intimacy. Was your husband chasing you or were you chasing him a little? Was it equal? My husband was the first time that there was no games. One, like second date, I kind of knew like I like this guy. We had sex second date, but it was yeah, quarantine. It was... It was it was yeah, important. You really, yeah, you loved him. I right needed. Away, probably. I needed to know if his dick was oh, well, nice. Oh yeah, totally. I don't have time. No, like completely. I'm not waiting to pretend I'm like hard to get. Yeah. And then, I like posted something that was kind of like I don't know, make him jealous a little. But I was being naughty early on in the relationship, <laughs> and he called me and he was like, "If you want to play games, that's cool. I'm just like not interested in that." Whoa, that's hot. You were so turned on. I've normally, if a dude calls me being annoying about something, I'm like, cool, go find someone else. I put my tail between my legs and I was like, I'm so sorry. That's not the kind of person I want to be. That's not. I just like posted me with another dude. Like when we were early talking, like, I mean, I was, it was like a hot guy that I was like, whatever is a post is casual, whatever. I'm just showing him like, see guys like me, which is my own insecurities. And he was so just like, I told you how I feel about you. And like, I wouldn't do that to you. And I was just like, this that's man dope. meets me. But that's also like 45-year-old's daddy. Yeah. Who like not, no, not every 45-year-old is like that. True. That, trust And there are me. probably some younger guys who are like that. It's just you want someone who's straightforward and no bullshit. Cause, and knows themselves. Yes. And I feel like it's the same with friends too. Like you feel like you're, you're chasing them or you don't know if they're like cool with you or if they're jealous you of you or if they want bad things to, for you. It comes down to insecurity. It's very hard to be friends with people who are insecure. Yeah. It's very hard to date people who are insecure. Yeah. Look, we're all insecure to a point, but when someone is extra insecure and you're someone who has had some success or knows who you are and all that, it's fucking hard. Also, I think when you're with the right people, they give you that little bit of like security too that can calm you down and make them feel like home. Exactly. Okay, last question. You're crushing it in hell. I love talking to you so much. I love talking to you your energy actually. is so fucking good. What's your sign? Well, I was going to ask you. I'm a Virgo. Ooh, okay. What I'm a Leo. Okay. But I'm a Virgo moon Scorpio rising. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm a Libra rising Sag moon. Okay. Libra and Sag I get along with yeah, so well. Yeah, I do too. And Scorpios I get along with. And what's your other one? Scorpio. Scorpio and what? Virgo. 
Oh, Virgo, duh. Duh. And Paige, my best friend, is a Scorpio, and so is Des, my my husband. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) We love a Scorpio moment. Um, Okay, sorry, that was a quick horoscope segment. (laughs) To wrap this up, what advice would you give to people, my little devils, who are going through hell Mm. on how to cope with your hell when you're in the darkness? Okay, well... I'm going to now shout out this organization that I just teamed up with NAMI. Yes, yes, I love them. Because they offer free mental health services, but that's for people in New York City. Mm-hmm. But I think you, I, I truly believe in science and doctors and medicine. And um, I mean, and some witchcraft. You, and a little obvious. <laughs> you need some witchcraft too. Um, but I would say that like it, this too shall pass. I know that sounds when you're in depression, it's so hard to think that. And in January, I was like, I'm going to be like this forever. Yeah. I think also prayer, like not to sound crazy, but prayer and acceptance is like such a game changer. Like I swear to God, there were days where I would like wake up with like my heart racing, like 120 out like beats per minute. And I'm like having the worst anxiety. And I said, God, if this is how I need to feel today to learn a lesson that I'm supposed to learn, then I, it's okay. I'm just accepting how I feel. And mm. then the next day it would be gone. Mm. That's kind of witchcraft. Well, yeah, you're taking, you're getting out of your own body for a second. Realize there's bigger things than you Yeah, and that you're going to be okay. So I hope that was okay advice. It's a little <laughs> bit of science, a little bit of witchcraft slash God. It's a cocktail that you figure out that works for you. Exactly. Leah, where can people get your book? Where can people follow you? Where can people watch you? Give me all the tea. Okay. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Leah Mob. I'm not on Twitter. You can buy my book anywhere books are sold. You're on TikTok. I am on TikTok. I think it's the real Leah McSweeney. I can't remember. Wait, what my... your WAP dance that you did with Tinsley <laughs> back good, in the day? Right? We copied on Summer House. Like, no like me, Amanda, and Paige like, did I the dance. I love that. Because <laughs> we were like, wait, they look hot. We were like busting it open. Did you see how fucking you far I kicked my... Thank so you. hard. I couldn't even yeah. tell the difference between you two. Yeah. And then we were locked in the house filming. So Paige and I would go in the kitchen and do it. And then everyone would get mad because we were making so much noise on the kitchen floor and our knees were like busted up because you don't have to draw. Oh, I, oh, I honestly like <laughs> couldn't walk for like a week after. I was in so much fucking pain. But we were like, if they did it, we need to try to do it. Oh my God, I love that. Anyway, continue. I love, yeah, that was a viral moment for me and Tinsley. Um, <laughs> I comment. And, and then, so and my book is anywhere that books are sold. And right now I'm not on TV. So you just have to follow me on Instagram. Yeah, figure it out. Thank you guys so much for going to hell. Thank you, Leah, for coming. And we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.